just uh, for that one guy on the text line, quick little check at the leaderboard at the 151st Open Championship. Brian Harmon, eight under, four under on the day, continues to lead Christo Lamprecht and Tommy Fleetwood by one. A man making a move this morning, though. Man who I gave out is an outright winner on this show and told you to jump on him at top 10. Max Homa, one under on the day, four shots back of Harmon, uh, all uh, tied at uh, fourth place with uh, Shubanker Sharma, who I remember from a final pair with Phil Mickelson at the WGC many moons ago, and Antoine Rosner, French international. Um, you okay? You almost to, fell over no, as I was my talking there. chair was stuck on this ledge. <laughs> um, whenever I look up, I see Brian Harmon, there's a lot of him on television. And it's just him missing a birdie putt and just tapping in a par putt. Yeah, he's done his work early. Uh, keeping it on the rails is the uh, the name of the game for him. And uh, so far, so good. Well, let's hope for that OB on uh, 18. <laughs> sorry to Brian's family. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sorry to them. I think they understand how this goes, okay? They're allowed to cheer for him. I do not. Wow, Hovland skirting death on the hole he's on now, just on top of a bunker. And again... Uh, no, you could not pull that tarp off. I'm just looking at it again. There's no way you could do it. Great outfit. It is. I agree. If you were more strapping, then you'd be fine. And again, not saying I could put strapping, but he's a, he's a, like, again, like a, a sturdier gentleman, I think is probably the way, uh, I would, I would put it there. Also, uh, we are, our girl Tiff, uh, messaging us back Mm. respectful laughing emojis, hunks. There we go. I won't. I don't need to read the rest of it. It's a bit much, but I enjoyed that. That's just a lot. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> okay. Oh, big, big yeah, par, big putt, par for putt for Rory. So we're all going to have to wait on bated breath before we get into this Leafs ah. arm. And he misses it, and there's a little golf left. Uh, your Super Bowl, although I think you want him in the mix. Well, to, I mean, uh, we need someone here. Can't have Brian Harmon running away with you're this gonna, thing. Guy, it's a major. You're going to get guys. I would not. I would not be concerned. I'd be... I would be floored today if at the top of the, if in the top five, the sexiest name you're looking at is Brian Harmon. I will not be too worried about okay, that. Good. Somebody's going to make a move. Good. Uh, in about 54 minutes time, yeah. the Leafs and Ilya Samsonov will walk in to the arbiter room, the arbitration room. The arb room. Where I wrote down it sounds his like name. A, it sounds like a, like a new bar on Ossington. It does. The Arb the Room. room. <laughs> it sounds like something. Uh, do they serve $18 cocktails yeah, and play gonna, like indie rock? Maybe we should call the Arb Room anytime I'm in the shrubs because I'll be an arborist out there. Uh, plenty of different ways we could go with it. So Stephen Raymond will be overseeing that. He is the arbiter in this case. Mm. Stephen Raymond. Yeah, I looked him up. Any, any news on him? Uh, one thing that, I mean, look, he's, he's Steven, an arbiter. It's Steven his job. Stephen Raymond Arbiter. So, uh, Southwestern Ontario guy. Just saying. <laughs> but but for you, uh, his degree from Western London guy through yeah. and through, I'd imagine. So, yeah, I think you're you're already down on on uh, how the Leafs are getting screwed in this case. <laughs> uh, but, yes, yeah, so we'll see. Well, what, if he's from London, he's probably a Leaf fan. Uh, that's where I'm getting at. But <laughs> I know I just know you in London, so I don't know how you feel about this. I just want to give everybody all the info there. Not my favorite city. I know. I'm, I am aware. Uh, <laughs> in terms of what comes out of that, we both laid out the case yesterday. Kind of regardless of what comes out of it outside of a – really close to Samsonov's ask award. We're fine with it. 
I'd be just as fine tacking on another year to the number. I don't know that Samsonov's camp would be dying to do that, though. So if it ends up being a scenario that plays out at 3-3 or 3-5 or 3-6 for one year, I am totally comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll, you know, there is still the possibility that something comes to fruition, although I would not hold my breath if it hasn't happened yet. Um, I listened back to the clip that our wonderful social media team diligently put out, like they do every day, which I really do appreciate Mm -hmm. for our nonsense. barbecuing goalies. Nonsense in the first hour that I say, like whenever they upload something for the first hour, I'm like, oh boy, I don't remember what I said. Well, but, that's great. Um, you get to live it. So what I said yesterday sounded so harsh when I listened to it back. As like, yeah, he's... You were hard on him. So I think Ilya Samsonov is a good goalie. I think he's a fine goalie. Yep. I think he's just fine enough like every other goalie in the league except five. Agreed. But I do think having the carrot of another contract yep. hanging out there is important. Like, I, I think there was a decision made by another team in the NHL to literally non-tender him, to let him go. Yep. Yeah, like, you're gone. Like, we're, you were a first-round pick, what, five years ago? Four wasn't years that long ago? ago. Like, it wasn't that long ago. Goalies are hard to find. And the fact that that decision was made, that still looms over me a little bit. Like, there had, like he was not great on the ice, but there had to be some other, like, there had to be something else for him, them just to be like, we're well, not going to pay I you do just, a qualifying offer. Just knowing everything we know about Samsonov, and I'm not going to pretend we have super good insight into him, but I think, you know, you see the quotes, you read the stuff. I could, and again, this is maybe unfair of me, I could see that particulars Capitals team saying, you know, we don't need another guy to hang out with Ovi and Kuznetsov and that kind of crew. Like, I do wonder if it's part of like, he's a little too goofy. He's a little too affable. I don't need him to become part of, I mean, remember, this would have been right around the time these boys were getting booted out of Hotel X and everything that happened after the cup. Like, I could just see a world where they're like, you know what? Maybe for him and for us, this isn't the best case. That is what it, I, I've always kind of wondered about that. In terms but, of him, oh yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just like I was just going to say, like that is just pure reckless speculation. I have no insight on that. Mm-hmm. But like, does that seem like a crazy theory to you? Not at all. No. Um, our our boy Waluigi just missed a par putt. Waluigi, yeah. uh, that would be uh, Christo Lamprick. Yeah, he, he sounds so English, um, doesn't he? Christo, Christo yeah. So <sighs> sounds actually, I take that back. Sounds like the Prince of Monaco. Everything you said there to me seems plausible. Mm-hmm. And just to get back to, like, I just terrified two years is okay. I think two years is perfect it's because okay. I think, I think. Well, I would like them to maybe do better. Well, that's that's what it's, I was about to say. two years from now is a long time. Like I think they're, I, I, and again, maybe feel free to tell me I'm too high on them. I think the whole plan especially if you have Samsonov on a two-year deal, but it mm-hmm. works just as well if you have him on a one-year deal, mm-hmm. is that in a perfect world, if this all goes according to plan, is that Joe Wall grabs the grabs the job at some point in time, hopefully sure. this year, but in the life of that deal. Well, I mean, Joe Wall didn't come out of nowhere. He wasn't a first-round pick, but he was a third-round pick. When you pick a player there, it is not crazy that within five years of them being drafted, you expect them to be an NHL contributor. He's a goalie. He should be the backup this year. And if he looks, 
I won't say anything like, but if he looks like the high watermarks, the best version of himself that we saw, I think that guy can be better than Samsonov. And then if you like what that goalie is at 24, you would think, and again, it's goaltending, so who knows with this, but you would think he'd only be able to continue to make strides. So I think that it sets you up perfectly that you're not stuck with Wall. If he's better, great. If he's not, you can move or move on and pivot. So that's why I think two years is kind of perfect because it covers you off. It's still Samsonov's not going to sit there going, oh, I'm fat and happy. I got my whole life taken care of. I have a $6 million contract, which like to all of us sounds great, but to an NHLer, seems like you got more work to do to kind of finish financially where you want. So that's why I think two years is kind of perfect. Mm, okay. and, and it covers you off on the off chance. I know, I know it's like I'm the king of not believing this, that good things happen for this hockey team. And then you don't have to give him $5 million like he's Aiden Hill or something like that. Yeah. I, I just, That's why I like the extra year. It's insurance like, at, an, at a very low cost, in my opinion. You know, I think that you could do better than Joe Wall, too. I, I think you could do better than Samsonov. Like, I think at some point that's maybe something that you consider making a move for is like a good goaltender, a guy that's like a solid established goalie. Well, so, right? so, so, I don't know, I Hellebuck? Just, well, okay, I that, know. that's what I'm getting at. Like, how high on the pecking order are you going there? Like, you're going to the five, the club of five or whatever. I would like Because if you're that. not, if, if my, I guess my opinion is if you're not doing that, the idea of I'm just going to pick a name that I don't know if it's true. It's like Dan Vladar is an upgrade or like I like Allmark or whatever. I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying if it is not Sorokin and we just went over his contract yesterday, that's not getting moved anytime soon. If it's not Shesterkin, Helyabuck, or Vasilevsky, there's no point in making a – I'm not saying if it's not a, you know, try a flyer on a guy, but there's no point allocating real live assets to a guy unless it's one of those. And outside of Hellubuck, I don't know that you're getting any of the others. Yeah, maybe that's fair. I just – I guess I'm just uh, – I guess I'm just not convinced that uh, Samsonov is the guy. I'm, I want to be clear. Especially, especially Joe Wall, too. Like, I'm definitely not convinced after seeing what, how many combined games he played last year? 12, 12 something yeah, like that. 13. Yeah. Like, I'm not even close to I, convinced that he's going to be, let's just step into the NHL and play 40 games and be a serviceable goalie for the, one of the most important years in franchise history. I am as certain on him as I am, again, like, I'm not saying you're saying go out and get this guy, but Dan Vladar or starting goalie X that isn't I, a truly I, elite What guy. I'm saying here, in defense of Kyle Dubas. Wow. I get why. <laughs> Regarding goaltending, double I, wow. I get why he took a chance on Matt Murray. Mm, pedigree. Pedigree. Because this guy How'd has been one of the guys in the group of good goalies in the NHL for a couple years. How, like, how? He's a Stanley Cup winning goalie. Like, I understand why he took a shot on that. Because Samsonov... Not a ton of pedigree, other nope. than being the first round pick, but like hadn't had a m- many great years in in uh, Washington. Washington. Yeah. Look at what Joe Wall. Joe Wall is like, yeah, sure, he's a high pick, but like, was he healthy? And like, he's always hurt. He had a great. I, he had a great year last year, and that wasn't a cup of coffee. That was a he carried the mail for that Marlies team and was one of the better goalies in the American League. Like, that's not. It doesn't mean he's going to be great in the NHL, but it doesn't mean nothing either. I'm just not even close to sold on Wall. Yeah, and I I want to be clear. I'm not. I am like not. this guy wasn't part of the picture 
Like, well, because he was hurt. Yeah, which is a health Tot- availability is the best ability. Totally. Pal. Well, then Kyle Dubitz bet the wagon or bet the farm on the least yeah, it was available a, guy of a, all time. It was a really bad one. And it was a horrible bet, but I get the bet and because that's why you want to. You can't go into important seasons with lottery tickets. And to me, Samsonov's borderline lottery ticket from what I saw in the playoffs. Wasn't Matt Murray, though? Yeah, but he had shown in the past that he was a good goalie. He had shown in the past that he could. He had multiple good months of hockey the season that Kyle Dubas traded for him with the Sens. His last two seasons, he was above, his last two months of the season with the Sens, he was above 900 as a save percentage. Like, I get why he took a chance on him. Because you need pedigree when you have a good team. You need a good, solid goalie. And going into the year with Samsonov and Joe Wall as your two goalies is a horrifying thing to me. It is. I just I don't trust that either of them. Like, can you tell me next year that no. Samsonov is going to be nearly as good as he was this year? I, I can't definitively tell no, you anything I, about a goalie no. in the NHL. I can't definitively tell you that Connor Hellebuck so is going to be so good next year. So you're completely comfortable going into the season with those two goalies. I am, I am as comfortable. And then who's next? I am at when, when Wall that, gets hurt. Is, that is a totally fair question. Thank you. That is a totally fair question. And, when, and Samsonov missed time this year. Like, okay. So again, I, again, I'm, and I'm not, I realize who I'm talking to here. You are the king of like, ah, goalies, who knows? And that's what I keep coming back to. It is not me sitting here going, Samsonov is great. He is a starter. Joe Wall will be an NHL starter. It is, I think Joe Wall has a really good chance to be an NHL starter. And I think that that really good chance has just as high odds on middling starter X that they, they're able to trade for. Because the idea of Connor Hellybuck, hey, I'm right there with you. I could be talked into that one, but... I mean, we didn't include them in trade value because goalies, who knows, but that's not going to be cheap to pry him out of there. I think it might be cheaper than you think. He's got one year left. Like, to me, this is this next year his last con- year's under contract? I believe, but I don't have it in front of me, and I uh, was trying to take a one-day reprieve from Cap Friendly well, every single day of I think, my it, life. I think the next year. So it's obviously the ship has sailed on that, but that's something that I would have loved them to prioritize. Like, the... The goaltending. Well, you. The goal this is the other over, part of it. We know what they're prioritizing the right goal, now. The goaltending over this era. Last year of six point one. Yeah, like that's so good yep. for one year. In a really important year, in a contract year, if you, and he wants out. So what are you giving up for a rental then? Well, you're not. It's not happening. Okay. It's, it's, it's the point is at this point now, it's not happening. Okay. I think it's pretty clear that there's no chance that that's happening. Okay. But like, over this entire era of Maple Leafs hockey, mm-hmm. goaltending has not been great in the playoffs, right? Like, Agreed. It's just not, it's let them yeah, down there were in three, multiple spots. There were three good games of Jack Campbell, and other than that, it's been pretty pedestrian at best. Um, yeah, like, Pedestrian is a good word for yeah. it. Like they, Jack Campbell killed them in the playoffs last year. He was terrible. He was great for the first, like I said, he was really good for the first three games of that series, and then it was winning time, and we saw what happened. Yeah, so... And I don't think, you know, if you can talk about Freddie Anderson's playoff exploits. There was always, uh, there was, we've all played with goalies like this. There was just always the killer. He'd be fine. He'd make saves that you'd go, wow, thank God we have Fred. He's holding this in there. But then there would always be the squeaker in a big spot. There just always would. And that's, that's arguably but worse than a sieve. It just <laughs> feels like to me that they have been, Kyle Dubas's thoughts we're treating goalies like running backs. But I think this is not like I like I understand that we're having a Leafs conversation, but I think this is a pretty 
widely held belief across the league outside of teams that have those guys. Is it like, I could be totally wrong on that, but I feel like a lot of teams are kind of playing the carousel year in, year out, trying lotto tickets. Sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. And that's kind of who we talk about ending up having a good year. For sure. But I, you know, I just think of like what the Tampa Bay Lightning did for three straight years. And it's because they had the best goalie in the league and everyone will point be like, Oh, well, Aiden Hill was the goalie. It's like, well, yeah, but the, the, the team that dominated for three seasons in the NHL had yeah. the best goalie in the league. Like, it still matters. It just feels like they've always kind of papered over it and it's kind of hasn't been a priority for them. They tried Mrazic. They tried all this stuff. It just, I would have, lo- I would love to have seen this era of Leafs hockey with a absolute stud goaltending and it's never happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know I'm not telling you anything you disagree with. They should have prioritized that instead of Patrick Marlowe. Like the idea of hit, they had to get him in here. They had to give him a three-year deal. It ended up costing them to move. Like, what if those, well, they had Freddie at that point? Well, no, I, I understand. I'm just saying that there were times in this team's cap picture where it made sense to have the luxury of the expensive goalie. It's kind of like having uh, a quarterback on an ELC. You can afford to have the sexy wideout or the pass rusher that you have no business being able to afford. Mm-hmm. And the Leafs, like, again, this is all stuff yeah, we've talked about a million times. Piece. It's not like it's like, uh, you know, it's like an addition on top of like, you know, it's not like the Bills signing Von Miller. It's the most important, one of the most important positions yeah, in all but of there, sports. But there's also, like, it is also the, I'd argue, I mean, maybe there's something else out there. Is it the rarest thing in sports? Like, we talk about, oh, it's so hard to find a number one center. Yeah, there's like 10 of them, at least. It's so hard to find number one D. We just did our trade values. How many great young D did we love? And guys were like, ah, get him out of here. He's no good. There are, on at any given moment, five if that goalies that you feel that way about, right? So it's just such a, it is such a prized asset in the league that once you get one, it's basically impossible to pry it out of the, out of someone like, and because goalies are so finicky, it's really hard to make a big bet on one. And that's why I think you see a lot of teams doing this. Last year at the deadline when like, you know, they were prioritizing when they went out and got whatever they got. I had my thoughts. I was screaming about a goalie. I was saying, me, Kipper, and Bourne, it was all we talked about every so time. I'm trying to remember who, who you were see the goalies. Soros. Soros, right? Okay. Right? It's yep. like you have picks, you have, and you allocated it to, you know, Jake McCabe, and you allocated it to Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly. O'Reilly, who couldn't handle the spotlight and left you with the bag. You, you know, Achari, all those guys were good contributors. Yeah. But, like... I was dying so for them would, to make a trade for a goalie. I, I'm and not Soros a, has one year left on his deal after last year. So he has he's in a UFA after this season. And um, they have that pro, that top prospect kid, uh, Askarin, uh, Askarov. Or who, Askarin, who I will give you, I will give you ben credit Askarin's for. Ben a fighter. You wanted. The, yeah, I, now, it didn't matter because he went off the board like one pick or two picks before the Leafs took Amarov that year, I mm-hmm. think. But I will give you credit. You wanted big goalie. I remember this yeah. from you. Big Russian goalies? Yeah. Has that ever worked? Just all the time. So, um, to me, that's been a big failure of this era of Leafs hockey. And then going into this season. What with, do you think it would have? Like Samsonov. And it would have cost you all your picks. But fine. Then you have one of the best five goalies in the league in your building. You can sign him. He's amazing. Yeah. This it, it, Honestly, it just goes to show how impossible the bar is for me to feel good about a goalie. That's all that shows me. Because you're right. I'm not even going to sit here. This isn't a, this isn't I disagree with you. You are right. He is amazing. But 
he, like when I close my eyes, he's not one of the handful I think of, Here, and he just doesn't. Here's his, here's his career uh, save, percent, uh, save percentage. What are his playoff numbers? Because let's be honest, that's really all that matters, right? Well, I don't think he's played much in the playoffs because well, his team stands. That's kind of the problem. Like, again, that's the great unknown, 925, right? 915, yep. 914, 927, 918, 919. Yep, really good. Really good. Really good. But if the question is how a guy's going to respond in the playoffs, because again, we said like Freddie, Freddie was great. We had years where we fake put him in the Vesna conversation. And then guess what? He always turned into Freddie by the time the playoffs rolled around. Yeah. So I just, like, I, I don't need to keep belaboring the point, but going into this season with two borderline lottery tickets is terrifying to me. Your, your boy tree. It's his world. That's well, no, uh, I mean, the way he wants to go about it. Those are the two guys that, that was Dubas's guy. Well, I'm just in. saying, if you, you know, he didn't have to sign John Klingberg. Like, he didn't have to do that. He could have kept that cap space, or he didn't have to sign Tyler Bertuzzi, or didn't have to sign Max Domi and use that cap space to, well, to have gone and tried to get UFAs, a goal. So what were you supposed to do? Well, not have players in your hockey team? I'm not saying. Uh, look, he's the GM of the team. He has X cap dollars to work with, and you're the one saying you should prioritize a goalie, and uh, you, it was no, a problem for like, the old the guy. Whole, it's just whole, as much it, problem for the new guy. That's all I'm saying. Um, you see... Uh, Saros's playoff career stats, uh, 2018, 2017, 2018 in four games. He was a nine, five, two, 2018, 2019. He was nine, five, two, four games in 2019, 2020. He was eight ninety five, And in 2021, he was nine twenty one. He's got a career nine fourteen save percentage in the playoffs in 17 games played. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Like, I was not, I was not asking, expecting to prove my point. I was asking because I was genuinely curious about what the numbers go. are. So he loses all the time, uh, but it's not his fault. Is what I take out so, of their very limited no, number stink. of games. Yeah, they stink. They always like get in with squeak bu- in bu- bubble gum and tape Spit and yeah. shoe polish, and that's it. Yep. So, anyways, I we'll see. Maybe, maybe Joe Wall is. Maybe he's the answer. Maybe I'm, he's the kid. No, listen, I, I'm, I'm coming to your side. Maybe he's the guy that. They've always been looking for. They've been killing for a goalie to come out of the woodwork and just be a draft pick and have him be mm-hmm. a stud and that. But like, I think if you were going the ratio sure. of this works out mm-hmm. to this doesn't work out, and don't be like, oh, it's the Leaf, nothing work no. out. Well, that is what I, that is how I feel. Just yeah, so we're clear, but don't but, say that. Okay. For like the f- yeah, what what are you saying? Your percentage of it works out versus it doesn't work out. Uh, I think it is. Pretty much right on the line of 50-50 because I saw it from Samsonov last year in stints and I saw it from Joe Wall, albeit in a much, much smaller stint. And again, the number I compare that to is not the 50% of it not working out. I just don't know how much better those odds are. Of course, with UC Soros, infinitely better. But with goalie X that you pilfer out of the hurricanes or wherever, because you feel better about that bet. I think it has exactly the same odds of playing out. Um, but in my heart of hearts, just so we're clear, I don't think anything will work out because it's the Leafs. I love this text. We got from Mitchell Martin. I'm oh, sorry. Just tweeted Mitchell us. Marner. What Mitchell Martin. Oh, okay. It's going to say the wild. Disrespect to Jake Ottinger. Mm. How is that? A, we just don't mention him yeah, because just, it's like the, the, the star is going to trade Jake Ottinger to the no. least. No, it's like, it's not even worth mentioning. Yeah. yeah he's really good. He's uh, really good. He's what he's in the group. Ottinger went full Phil Kessel showing up with a sunburn to a playoff game last he's, year. He's in the group stud very yeah. much. So very much. So someone else who's a stud and he's in a club that we will never belong to that club, former MLB GMs. I don't know. I guess we should never shut the door. We could work our way up oh, in Rogers. 
Uh, oh, slam shut? Yeah, after this week, for sure. I well, think those... Doppler started in the, the mail yeah, room. Yeah, exactly. But you, you have to... I'm pretty sure Ross Atkins has gotten up at 6 in the morning one day in his life. So, and you, you, as we know, that cannot happen. Uh, Jim Bowden, going to join us next. 4.30. Okay. <laughs> I bet he's been up at that time, too. Uh, one hour left of... Or no, one segment left of Fan Morning Show. And then golf show after that jim bowden coming up next fan morning show with gunning and mckee on sportsnap 590 the fan dive deep into toronto sports and the nfl the jd bunkus podcast subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Morning show. Brent Gunning, Sam McKee alongside me. Final hour of the program. Unfortunately for my co-host, not the final hour of work for us. We got golf show coming up next. The Open Championship underway. We'll get you updated on all things on the go at Royal Liverpool a little later on. But right now, very, very happy to be joined by our final guest of the week, Jim Bowden, former MLB GM and current MLB insider for the Athletic, CBS Sports, uh, HQ, and Sirius XM MLB Network Radio. Busy, busy guy sneaking in a few minutes for us. Uh, Jim, thanks so much for jumping on. How are you doing this morning? My pleasure. Happy Friday to you guys. Yeah, happy uh, happy Friday to you as well. So, uh, you know, we uh, we have some questions for you, some about the local team even, but let's not beat around the bush. We know what the biggest topic in baseball is right now, and it is the ever-changing trade winds surrounding Shohei Otani. Uh, it started out as they will not trade him. Now maybe there's a little more of a chance at that, except maybe not to the Dodgers. Where are we at with Shohei Otani, and just how much do you think has actually changed in the last uh, couple of weeks leading up to the deadline here? Well, this has been a soap opera, right? It really has been. And my intelligence over the last 24 hours says that Artie Moreno is not going to trade Otani. So now, instead of being open-minded, they're kind of circling back. You know, I think the Angels' game plan from the very beginning was we want to make the playoffs with Otani, and then we want to re-sign Otani. And if we make the playoffs with him, we feel that that gives us our best shot. Uh, when they went in, they swept the Yankees. Uh, they came out of that series believing that they're within striking distance and can get there. They're going to get Mike Trout back in August. So all indications are at this point, at least as of yesterday, that Artie Moreno's opinion is to hold on to him. Now, this is going to be a huge mistake long-term for the franchise, and I'm going to tell you why. Their next six games are Pirates-Tigers, right? These are teams they should beat. And so let's just say they go four and two in those six games. They'll be in a strong position at the trade deadline. Uh, What a lot of people are not paying attention to is what their schedule looks like after that uh, because it's just one contender after another. And so um, when you look at their schedule, uh, you'll realize by the time they get to the 26th of August, this team will be five games under 500, which is a place they've always been with Otani. Since Otani got there in 2018, this team has never finished at 500 or above. They're always under 500. And, you know, I think that they're not really looking at their team realistically. So, I mean, think of it this way. If they keep him and he gets to free agency, he, all he wants to do is win. He's not going to resign with the Angels. So you're going to get draft pick compensation for what is the best player that's ever put on a uniform in Major League Baseball, having the best single-season performance we've ever seen in the history of the sport. Uh, Or you can trade them um, and get six to eight players back 
which would be one of the biggest halls for a rental in the history of the game. So, you know, for them long-term, they are way better off trading. And by the way, if you trade them and you get six players back, you're in a better position to re-sign them because in November you can say, hey, look how much better we got since we traded you because we got these six guys for you. Yeah. Now come back and help us win. So, again, I just think it's a huge mistake. But that was my intel as of yesterday. So, yeah, it's funny. I just pulled up the Angels schedule here, Joe, because you said that. And right after they come to Toronto, then it's the deadline. Then it's Atlanta, Seattle, San Fran, Houston, Texas, Tampa, Cincinnati, Mets, Phillies, Oakland, and then Baltimore. So this is there's a very real scenario where they're like, we're in it after, like you said, playing these two, you know, doormat teams, and then them going on a big losing streak and going, Why the hell do we not trade Otani? Right. Like it's that is really, really in play for these guys. Yeah, that's the script. I mean, you can see it. It screams. And that's why you need real leadership from Marty Moreno, the owner, and Permanassi and the GM, because you can't look at how close you are at the wild card. You have to be realistic of what your team is mm-hmm. and how does your team compare to the rest of the league. This is not a playoff team. This team we will not be covering in October, and it's not even close. So I, I think they're making a big mistake. I do, but I think they're going to make the mistake. Yeah, it certainly seems uh, like that's the way that that things are things are trending there. You know, we always hear and we you know we see it as fact. The way it ends up playing out is when a marquee player gets to free agent. We think Manny Machado or any of these other handful guys you think of, they get their money, and part of that is the union needs them to get their money to make it easier for other players to ask for even more. It is just the high or the you know rising tide lifts all boats kind of idea. Do you think there's any? And I understand this is weird because players you know they're competing against each other but they're also part of a club do you think there's any you know pressure is maybe the wrong word but from other gms for this otani trade to for them to make it to set the market for what a truly elite player is or is it maybe work the other way where once otani gets traded for four great prospects well how can anybody ask for something close to that again what potential ripple effect do you think an otani trade could have in possible future deadlines or do you think he is just such a one-on-one that it doesn't really equate to anything else yeah, he's a unicorn, and it doesn't equate. It won't equate again. So what happens in terms of what if they were to trade him, the return, it wouldn't matter. You know, I think Pedro Martinez, the Hall of Famer, said it best during the All-Star festivities in Seattle when he was comparing Otani to both himself and Albert Pujols. He said he's a complete <laughs> ace, and he's Albert Pujols in the middle of the lineup. So he's both of us. So it's like a trade of Pedro Martinez and Albert Pujols rather than one of them. And when you think about it, if someone were to trade for Otani, you're getting an ace and you're getting a guy that's leading the league in homers and triples. I mean, it's just we've never seen it before. Um, So, yeah, the return, whatever the return would be, would be a record that probably is never broken for a rental again. And, And the other thing is there's only a handful of teams that are actually go, would play. People think, oh, everyone's going to line up, but this will be like the Juan Soto trade of a year ago, where at the end of the day, there were really only two teams at the end, mm-hmm. and there were only really three in the mix, because most organizations are not going to mortgage the future or dump a farm system for two months. I mean, it's not smart business long-term. It just isn't. Baseball-wise, it's great short-term, but you guys know how quick the next year arrives. So there's not a lot of teams that would play. The interesting part is the Tampa Bay Rays will play if they trade them. The Texas Rangers will play 
if they trade him. Um, I don't think the Dodgers are going to get the opportunity to trade for him because Artie Moreno does not want him going up the street. So, you know, it could be a team that begins with a T if he's traded. So, uh, begins with a T. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays starts with a T. Or Texas. <laughs> yeah, Tampa and Texas. Oh. I, not Toronto. Oh. No, not Toronto. It won't be an option. So, let me ask you this then about Toronto. Um, is there anyone that you know of you've, that you've heard that they're targeting? Any names out there that are piquing the Jays' interest? Uh, yeah, so I've heard edges. <laughs> so, every conversation I've had are edges. Uh, I've got nothing from Toronto's front office, but from opposing GMs, I get the impression that they're looking um, at you know second and third tier, not first tier. They're hoping that Alec Manoa figures it out like he did his first start back. They're hoping that Hinjin Ryu is back in August and that that answers the starting rotation. They are looking for starting rotation depth. Uh, they have been connected with Jordan Montgomery of the Cardinals and Michael Lorenzen of the Tigers. That type of interest. I've also heard position player-wise, they've had a lot of discussions on guys that would be quote-unquote platoon-type players rather than everyday players. Um, I've also heard that they uh, have pursued uh, a bullpen, uh, bullpen depth um, in a conversation they had with the Washington Nationals. So that's really all I have. I'm not expecting a big splash from the Blue Jays. I don't think they'd need to have a, a, a big splash. You know, I, I've told everybody that if Manoa had just pitched the first half of the year like he did last year, Toronto would be right in the middle of Baltimore and Tampa Bay right now, right right there at the top. I mean, just, just look at it. So the other thing that was interesting is, you know, Guerrero had an okay first half, but not a great first half. So Varsho had an okay first half, not a great first half. So, you know, I picked the Blue Jays to win this division. I'm still picking them to win the division. So how about that? Uh, that's uh, I think a lot of people love, love the sounds that. of that. I don't know how many people uh, here specifically agree with you, but they they certainly love it. Uh, the the idea there you mentioned it of Manoa being obviously the biggest thing that has gone wrong for this team this year. But when you look at the rotation, you know I know they've been doing it with mostly four guys in his absence, but that really hasn't been the issue. The offense has kind of dried up as of late, and you know they got a knock from Vladdy last, or a homer from Vladdy and another from Kirk last night. But if the Blue Jays were to get involved in the kind of power that market what does that look like I mean obviously we can dream but it's not going to be Shohei but is it a Cody Bellinger type you know I know they're going to have a reunion with T. Oscar Hernandez I don't know if that's a possibility and again not not so much a, will the Jays have interest but what does the market look like for that type of player uh, an impact power bat yeah I mean there's not a lot of impact power bats that are out there um Candelario of the Washington Nationals Lane Thomas Joey Manessis are three hitters that they've been shopping. Uh, you mentioned Cody Bellinger. Uh, he's certainly uh, on the table, although he could be packaged with Stroman because um, there's a lot of teams looking for both of those in one deal. So that will be interesting. But, you know, there's, there's really not that solution. The interesting team, although, is kind of the Colorado Rockies who are making most of their players available. This is a team that normally isn't very active at the trade deadline. I'm told that they're being more aggressive than ever before. Uh, I just don't know, you know, what pieces. I mean, Chris Bryant's swinging the bat great, but no one's going to want to take on that contract. And I'm not sure how much they're going to eat of that. Jerks and Profar uh, is available. I'm not sure how much he impacts, although he would be a, a nice extra player, I think, for Toronto. So, Again, all I keep hearing with the Blue Jays when I talk to other teams is they're working on the edges rather than on impact. 
not major surgery. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. They did that once uh, a few years ago, and uh, guess what? It worked out a little, but didn't work out ultimately the way they want. So maybe this is uh, the better way to go about it. Uh, Jim, really, really appreciate you giving us a lay of the land, uh, a week and change here from the deadline. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. There he goes, uh, Jim Bowden, former MLB GM. Again, a club we will not be belonging to. Um, you don't think so? You don't think me coming on here and saying, ah, who cares, don't even try, and you going, give them everything. Actually, maybe together we would be the ultimate GM. Just uh, complete schisms on the opposite side of things. Uh, so I just got this Probably text. Nah, I, I got this text from uh, a buddy of mine with a video of Gary Woodland. Who would be a problem in the NBA. Say it was a, he got, I guess he got, he could hit the shot, but there was a fence involved. Okay. And a couple things about the video. He hits a three wood. Yeah. And absolutely bonks the fence. Amazing. Could not hit the fence harder. But in it, Gary Woodland's caddy is wearing a Jays hat. Oh, I th- yeah. Is I, he Canadian? I think I knew this. I, d- I did not remember it, and but I this doesn't shock me, you telling me this. I, okay. I feel like I knew this because it might have been his caddy from 2019 when he won the U.S. Open, so he would have got camera time then for sure. So maybe that's when we first had this discovery. Maybe I'm completely misremem- misremembering full Raphael Palmeiro here. I don't know. Uh, Brennan Little? Oh, yeah, that's a Canadian. But that- I think that's... I could, I could for, I feel like that's Max, man. Hmm. Anyways. Very inside golf. Brendan Little used to, I think that was a guy who caddied for Mike Weir when he won. Yeah, that, yeah I, I'm all remembering it now. Brendan Little was, Thomas, his, Ontario. Yeah, was his man on the bag in 2019. And the reason it came up as a thing was he was Weir's caddy in 03. Huh. I didn't know that. Decent caddy, eh? Yeah, it's, he's seen some things. Dave and, Markle, Dave Markle coming, but uh, Brendan Little still getting it done. And Brendan. wasn't he also, uh, didn't he get into trouble because he flashed up the five when he was playing with uh, Brooks at the Masters? No comment. Okay. Uh, it never happened. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah. They said Did it was A-OK. Any wrongdoing. Patrick like, it's a good Canadian voice. Like, I was a five. Why well, we hit Pat, the five? If, if, uh, if Patrick Reed did that, they would have, uh, especially in the new DJ They would DJ have kicked tour, him off, Augusta. They would have cut off his hands, I think, is what would happen. <laughs> they would have been like, you're not going to do that again. Punishment fitting the crime. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. I love it. I love it. So there you go. I just saw that. Uh, shout out to uh, Brennan Little. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to shout out your bud. Nope. Uh, okay, sure. Shout out Jeff for texting yeah, me. I mean, I, it's just like you are the king of shouting out your buds. <laughs> I love shout I would, I would you argue... You know, the shout outs matter. I would argue... I, I can't tell you how happy it makes buds. When oh, you my God. Out. When I will take a text topic, and by that I mean something I was texting about with a bud, and ask, like, Frege about it. Yeah. They're like, it's basically like I asked <laughs> Frege a question. They interviewed Frege. Yeah, they, it's exactly the same thing. Uh, it's a big-time thrill. Um, that Shout was out like, to Rich. He's remember, the butt of mine remember, who normally does that for me. Remember, uh, I used to listen to uh, Jalen and Jacoby. Oh, yeah. Which is an excellent show. I don't was. even know. Is it still a thing? Uh, Jalen Rose no longer with ESPN. Okay. And uh, neither is Dave Jacoby. So, so no. maybe they're going to reunite. Maybe. On the Ringer podcast network. I could see that happening. Um they used to do at the end of the show, legitimate, like, he would be like, all right, it's time for shout outs. And like, just, Jacoby I know, would hate I it so much. <laughs> he would just read his names. Oh my his guy who helped him I out at the store. I absolutely love the shout outs. I would do shout outs at, you know what, next week we're 12 to 3. Every last segment of our show, shout outs. Okay, but like for a minute. We're not doing no, 20 minutes. 20 minutes we're of shout outs. Doing 20 minutes shout of out, shout outs. Shout outs. No. Dan from G Town. I love it. Shout out.
Harmon. Someone texted in. Harmon is about to make an eagle on 18 to get to double digits. Chad from Peterborough. Shout out Chad for Peterborough. You do not know how bad I was uh, watching Harmon tee off on 18 in the Bowden interview and just praying he went fouler. Um, he did not. Thank Chuck Norris. It's Friday. Thank for the great week, boys. Have a good weekend. Will from Niagara. Shout out Will from Niagara. You have to shout out your ultimate boy this week. Uh, you love saying his town's name so okay, much. Okay, yeah. Shout out Mike and Asenboya. I screwed up. I don't know. I've grinded all week with you two and enjoyed every moment. My biggest takeaway from the week is other than the fact that Sammy is a bit of a whiner and not a morning person. A bit? I'll, is, I'll is, question that. Is Sammy is a liberal. Sammy's liberal term of the use of the term horned up. I last used that phrase while watching the newest Madonna video on the biggest thing to hit the 80s, MTV. Much to my wife's chagrin. I used it yesterday. Sam McKee, wordsmith. Have a great weekend. Go Brian Harmon. Boo. Can't agree with you that. Sammy and Gunner, you boys might be on to something here. Love it. Shout out you. What, no do, you think that was re- what do you think that was regarding? Might no be on to something? Uh, what do you think it was? I got no clue. I don't think we had that many good ideas this week, let alone today. Uh, Sammy and Gunner, you boys might be Love it. Mark from Bramalee. Shout out Bramalee. Shout out Mark. Oh, uh, I'll give one. Oh, yeah. David in Oshawa. Just became a gunning fan after my big Leo Messi zag. And I was, oh, I got to be yeah, honest, I was not zag. not surprised that Oshawa found a home <laughs> for that take. The guy, Oshawa, called me, that the, is, that guy is, called me a quitter and a whiner. That, is, from Oshawa, that so. is my, that is still one of the best tweets ever sent uh, from a fan employee of uh, our boss, Ryan Fabro. Uh, turn up the medal <laughs> and crush some darts, Oshawa. You just won the Memorial Cup. After uh, Anthony Sorelli. Scored a wonderful game-winning goal. Watch it with my buddy Keegan. Shout out Keegan. After locking down McDavid in the OHL and, final. Uh, yeah. Is there any bigger hockey guy? That like- got, that got um, DJ Smith. A job, yeah. As what, Leafs was, assistant. what was the guy's name that did it? There was like this player that the Leafs, is uh, it Lindbergh? It was I like can't remember. Longberg. There's like Ryan a, Longberg. No, there's a Swedish oh, okay. guy that the Leafs signed. Okay. The guy that like yeah. shut down McDavid. Right, but it wasn't. It was Anthony Sorelli. Yeah, they, they they both did. Yeah, they both they matched up against. And I think him. one of them probably did a little more, seeing think, as how it's gone. I think out. he had like five points in a six game series. They're like they shut him down. Hey, how about this, Brandon from Keswick? Shout out thoughts on the Bills this year. Uh, uh, they'll be good and lose in heartbreaking fashion. Stole the words right out of my mouth. Josh Shout out, Allen, Brandon. Josh Allen's Keswick. gonna do seventeen things this year that make me go uh, to to the word use of hunk. Tiff was I loving it earlier. Love Josh. It's Allen. impossible. He's my player in the it league. is impossible not to. He's just a big goofy teddy bear. He's got that dumb smile on his face all the time. He loves hockey. He has embraced Buffalo to its core. God, I love the text line. To, Tobias Lindbergh from Tim. I don't know where Tim is, but shout out Tim. Okay. Uh, woof, woof. Reggie and Harriet from East we're York. Just, we're just shouting out dogs yeah, now, eh? Yeah, shout okay. out Lou Dog. Oh, Hell God. of a dog. Is, okay. Uh, Here, shout out Jax, my neighbor's dog that my kids play with oh, all the time. Yeah. There you I, you're, getting, you're getting close to kid to dog time. No, never. Yeah. Never? No. Why not? Well, maybe when... Does uh, Sam want a dog? It, no, here's the thing. I'm home all day, so it is a classic scenario oh, of yeah. everybody will be like, no, no, we'll walk the dog, and I'll teach him to take care of it, and then I get home at 10 o'clock every day, and guess what? It's just my dog, so yeah, no, there's, there's few things I enjoy more than my daily walk with Lou Dog. Shout out Gunner and Sammy for grinding for two of the toughest weeks of Sports Talk Radio. Hashtag grinders, Eric and Georgetown. Shout out Eric. Shout out the zigzags. Okay. Oh, I called him a bad dude yesterday. I oh, he like, is. I if you met him, you would feel so guilty. He's the greatest guy. Yeah, but- Shout out. 
Oh, you! I thought you had another one. You just said no, it. No, shout out. I just love saying it. Okay. I'll... Actually, I will give a shout out. Oh. This is a heartfelt one. Oh, okay. To the guys behind the glass. Josh and Elaine. Josh, Josh Santos. Only a couple cold opens this week, so we'll, we'll give you credit for that. He, and he 1,000%. <laughs> oh, my computer. Figure it out, and, okay, and Sandman? I um, got to say, shout out to uh, Daniele, our producer. Apologizes too much. He does apologize too much, but guy's a pro's pro. He puts together, like, he does the thing that I hate the most. He puts together, you can hear this in the yeah, mic? You can. Sounds a little uncomfortable. I'll the amount of work that he puts in every day into this lineup, and I have barely even opened it. I just, I feel so guilty. But I shout was out watching to, you. He's a pro's pro, like, honestly. So much so that. He's going to keep you company for three hours this afternoon because we're sitting here complaining about really? grinding and he's going to do a three-hour show. <laughs> no, I have to say, he is one of the... He's got to be one of... Oh, my God, he hit the eagle putt. Uh, Brian Harmon, now ton under. He's one of the best producers in the world. So I really... I, I love you, Danielle. You I, deserve all the credit, buddy. I, uh, you know, he doesn't need us to butter him up. I maintain... You know, I, I say this, I usually extend this umbrella a little farther, but I don't want to get in trouble. There is no one who works for Sportsnet 590, the fan, who is better at their job than Daniele. Sorry, JD. Uh, okay. Shout out to Ron selling deli meats okay. for Safina okay. Foods. not doing shout out, company shout, shout out, out Ron, here. We shout are out not. to Bunker Jordan East Garafraxa. Yeah. Don't get that one, but I'll shout you out. Steph from, from Quebec, Blue Jays, if we trade the remainder of our prospects to win now, we're better to win now. We will lose five players at the end of the season without compensation. Don't necessarily understand that one, but uh, Steph from Quebec, shout out, Steph. Uh, Bunker's the dog, Avish's dog. That's what that is. Oh, is yeah, that? Just got that, oh, yeah. front, just got that in my ear on the bat line. Now, McKee. I love this idea. Okay, well, give it to me because I got, I got something I want to end the show with. So get your shout outs in and then seed the mic to me. Here, here, Daniele from, uh, from Will and Niagara. Yep. Here, here, shout out, uh, Daniele. I think you guys plus Lou and Alex should do a segment on just shout outs, Courier, Chris, and Kaladin. I wish you, I was cool enough so, to hang with you, them. I'm intimidated. I, they're the coolest dudes. Yeah, and you like, could maybe hang. I could not. And you know who gets to hang on them all the time? Of course. Of course. The other JR, coolest dude. Yeah. J.R. Manitad, the kid that made me feel incredibly old the, the second he walked into this the building. The second we hired him, I immediately felt 10 uh, billion years sh- old. Shout out AMAC, who says trade Marner. That's my dad. He just texts <laughs> me. Shout out AMAC. Uh, the man. Hell of a golf game. Yeah, just, don't kinda, make, just don't make him putt from six feet. It's kind of the exact same as yours, except you can putt from six feet. Uh, McKee, last shout out of the day. Mm. Shout out to you. No, man. no, no, no. I don't deserve you this. You made it. No, I and, didn't. We still have an hour. Oh, hold on. <laughs> and this is this is a threat to everyone out there and to him. Mm. He'll be back in this time slot in 11 days. What? 21 hours. What? Five minutes and 14 seconds when we're back. Are you kidding On me? Wednesday, August 2nd. No, you're lying. Through August 5th. You're lying. That is not happening. No, that is happening. Oh, that is not no! a lie. So uh, we'll end on that note. He's going to go have an existential crisis, Favreau, and then we'll be back with the golf show. I love you, Ryan Fabro. We should do this every day. Even when Amish and Justin are back. Two morning shows, podcast only, just to get you up. I think it's making him a better person. Golf show, coming up next. Cannot thank everybody enough. Fan Morning Show with Gutting and McKee.